Hello and welcome to this Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down and it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is 
built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Hello. So as I record right now, I am, I don't really, can't really explain where I am. I'm, (laughs) I'm like locked in this space between doors that go off into different rooms um, to just have a little bit of quiet from the air conditioning and the dogs that we are looking after at the moment so that I can record this so it might sound a little bit funny um we are in our second trusted house sitters um sit um as we speak we drove um I think it probably in total was about 10 hours um from the UK across France um so we're now in France in a little village about an hour outside of Lyon um in a really, really beautiful house. And yeah, we have two lovely dogs and four cats, a hamster and a tortoise. (laughs) So we've actually had quite a crazy couple of weeks um, and we're quite tired. So I'm doing another replay. Um, I am getting on client calls today um, and settling into a rhythm. So there's not much time to record a new podcast today. But we have a really exciting episode coming next week, um, an interview that I can't wait to share with you guys. Um, So today I am sharing a replay of my 100th episode, which I, where I broke down my approach to managing endometriosis. So you can literally create your own tailored endo protocol. So I am literally handing you my endo protocol. Um, What I will say is you don't have to do all of it. You don't have to do it in the same order. I would just start with one thing that is pressing on you the most. If you 
just you're not in the headspace to do anything about nutrition um but you're you get a lot of leg pain with your endo go to the physiotherapy bit go to the pelvic floor physiotherapy work on the stretches it sounds like there's something going on there with muscles and nerves so look at that you know don't force yourself to go through the protocol in order just because you you know you want to tick the boxes go with what feels like the lowest hanging fruit the easiest thing for you to start with and the most relevant for you you know when I work with clients I generally will follow this structure if they are open to it and they don't have anything that that's like pressing but if they come to me and they are like flat out fatigued then I'm going to start with HPA axis dysfunction you know I'm not going to put I'm not going to um do some really intensive gut healing when their body is completely wiped out because you kind of need you need their emotional and physical resilience to do gut healing so I will always tailor a protocol to my clients but what you're about to hear is what I am trained in and the kind of principles and the order that we generally adhere to but it will always 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 be tailored to the client so this is sort of the theory right but in practice it's slightly different so I really wanted to share this episode because I was super excited about this episode when I recorded it and I think at the time I was maybe I don't know there was something else that I was doing and I think that overshadowed this episode but I was really excited about this episode so I'm kind of glad that I'm resharing it because I'm hoping more of you will hear it because I think that, you know, so many of you come to me and you're like, where do I start? Listen to this episode. <laughs> Listen to this episode and pick an area to start and take it from there. Um, okay, so I hope that you enjoy this episode and I will see you next week for a really exciting interview on hypermobility, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, MCAS and endo. So it is episode 100, which is so funny because (laughs) I don't know what I thought episode 100 would look like, but um, I didn't expect to be recording it at five to five on a Friday afternoon, the day it's going out. But that is the reality of, yeah, that's the reality of this end of life at the moment. I don't want to be a numbers kind of person you know just always counting the numbers and and focusing on like quantity over quality and I really try to focus on quality but I just want to acknowledge it and celebrate it um because I celebrate um with my clients every week and moving forward in life and making progress is all about celebrating the kind of small wins and the big wins otherwise like it you know if you're moving through something hard and you're not celebrating and you're just waiting to celebrate the big things, then it's not going to be very motivating or inspiring. So um, yeah, I wanted to celebrate that today and mark the occasion. And thank you guys for listening along. And, you know, the podcast has been downloaded something like 115, 120,000 times now. Yeah, that's really cool. And a lot of you reach out really to be honest like most of you reach out to me about the podcast rather than the articles that I write on the different um endometriosis platforms and my blog so it's amazing that it's helping you guys and um 
I really appreciate it when you reach out to me and, and let me know or, you know, have a question. So thank you for coming along for the ride. Yeah, so today what I wanted to do was experiment with a different, slightly different format of doing a shorter episode because I'm trying to honor where I am with my um, HPA axis dysfunction and interstitial cystitis and SIBO. And yeah, I think like shorter podcasts when I can would be helpful for me, but also for you guys, because my podcasts are very long. And sometimes I imagine that all of that information can be overwhelming and a lot to get through when you are tired or feeling unwell. So I thought I would try out a shorter podcast today. Um, Let me know what you guys think and if you like this or if you prefer the longer format. I'm sort of thinking about these as being like more nuggets size like um episodes and I wanted to focus on today a holistic healing approach or plan for endometriosis because I have now been I was trying to work it out but I've now been working in the endometriosis community for about six or seven years so my endometriosis came back at the start of mine and Chris's relationship which has been seven years now And that's when I started researching it and volunteering, um, then working for Endometriosis UK. And then, you know, everything that I've done since, since then, and then obviously training with um, Dr. Jessica Drummond. So it's been such a journey. And I think the podcast has really evolved with that. Um, And I think you guys have probably witnessed that evolution. And so given like how long a journey I've been on, I just thought it would be interesting to sort of summarize my approach that I take with my clients now. Uh, Really a whistle-stop tour because everything that I have spoken about previously in say like the past year has really been shaped around this, Um, but you've got the deeper dive. So this is very much a whistle-stop tour. With my clients, you know, we implement this over 12 weeks um, with the intention of this being something that they take away and continue to do on their own because you can't get through it all in 12 weeks, but you can certainly lay the foundations. And with, with coaching, it's all about implementing what the person can do then and there, what's sustainable for them and their lifestyle and, and making small changes, but really seeing like a really big difference from those changes, which I do. It's uh, incredible, absolutely incredible to witness. So yeah, so today I wanted to kind of give you guys a whistle-stop tour of that. Um, and before I begin, I wanted to firstly give you guys a definition of healing. And the reason being is because there's currently not a cure. And so some people feel uncomfortable with the word heal And someone asked me recently, can you heal endo? And I was like, that's a really interesting, like what perspective, like kind of what do you mean by that? What do you mean by heal? Because if you mean complete resolution of symptoms, yes. If you mean um, having a normal life, yes. If you mean um, feeling better and no longer feeling ill all the time, yes. But obviously we can't cure it right now. But that doesn't mean that there won't be a cure one day. And it doesn't mean that you can't feel well with endo. So I actually looked up the definition and the definition of healing is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. 
So it's not really like a miraculous cure. It's about being healthy. And I believe that you can be healthy with endometriosis and you can be well and it can be sort of dormant or at least not affecting your your life. So in this context, that's kind of the approach that I'm taking in terms of healing. I don't I don't mean cure. And I also wanted to share a couple of tips when you listen to this and consider what um, my approach to to healing. So number one is it will take patience and consistency. I have spoken to a lot of clients and people who've come to me who've said, I've tried this, it didn't work, or I get frustrated because I try a couple of things at one time and I give up after a week or I give up after a month. You've been ill for a long time. The healing process will also take time. And there is a lot of um, and kind of undoing of that inflammation and the hormonal imbalances. And on top of that, things like supplements and nutritional ch- changes, gut healing, these things can all take time for you to see an effect. So um, approach this with patience and consistency. Take baby steps. Don't do it all at once. So this is number two. Doing it all at once, trying to do everything that I was talking about in this episode is really going to overwhelm you. And also it won't necessarily be sustainable unless you're the type of person who loves big sweeping changes. Um, Most people do better with making change in baby steps. um, And in that sense, they become a lot more consistent and sustainable and they last for the long term. We take baby steps every week in my coaching. Those baby steps make such a big difference. So don't be put off by the kind of name baby steps. Maybe I should have a different word for that. But just creating small changes can make profound change and actually stop you from getting overwhelmed and burnt out from healing. Um, We do not want you to burn out in the process of trying to heal. The third tip is... Don't strive for perfection, but strive for well-being. So similar to the last one, I think that we can get really, really caught up on the finer details. Like how much of this thing should I eat? How many times a day should I do this thing? Oh, I need to I need to do like 20 minutes of meditation twice a day because that's what the science says, blah, blah, blah. Really getting so caught up in having to do it all perfectly and having the perfect morning routine and the perfect well-being routine, it becomes exhausting and really it becomes extra work for you um, and unattainable and can do more damage. So create an approach where you're striving for practices and routines that actually enhance your well-being and leave you feeling well rather than you focusing so much on the perfect X, Y, Z. So those are my tips as I kind of move into this. And I want to remind you that these actions, whilst I support my clients through, uh, sorry, these areas, whilst I support my clients through them, um, they're not all implemented in one go. They're implemented over the weeks, three months, and even six months if they want to extend and they continue and if they are working alone without me after the three months, then they continue to implement these changes over time. They're not all done at once. Just 
just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So, number one is nutrition. So, when I'm talking about nutrition, I mean reducing inflammation with an anti-inflammatory diet. You've heard me talk about this before, but plant-focused, eight portions of vegetables a day, two portions of ideally low sugar fruits, although don't demonize high sugar fruits, they're great as well. Healthy fats, avocado, coconut oil, olive oil, nuts and seeds, gluten-free, if appropriate, complex carbohydrates such as root veggies and whole grains, clean organic proteins. So if you're going for animal proteins, um, you're grass-fed, organic, um, and then of course, incorporating some plant protein there as well, especially for um, the nutrients that support our hormones. So beans, pulses, and nuts and seeds again. And herbs and spices. Herbs and spices are so anti-inflammatory. They're so wonderful. Adding ginger, turmeric, and cinnamon are just beautiful um, additions to an anti-inflammatory diet. So Oh, and quickly before I forget and move on, animal protein includes fatty fish as well. That's sort of the fat, but it covers the fat and the protein, but fatty fish and then white fish as well. So non-fatty fish and shellfish. And for those where we're looking for wild caught. In nutrition, I'm also talking about feeding your hormones. So ensuring that your diet is really nutrient dense and you're feeding your hormones with the foods and nutrients they need. So selenium from Brazil nuts, iodine from seafood or seaweed, um, B vitamins from beans and zinc and vitamin E from nuts and seeds. And finally, I'm also talking about balancing your blood sugar. This is one of the core, guys, like literally one of the core foundations of having balanced hormones and reducing um, estrogen dominance and actually just kind of Balancing your hormones out, not even reducing, but just having balanced hormones. So balancing your blood sugar. Um, So I've done one or two episodes on balancing blood sugar. So I will link in the show notes to those. But we're looking for basically fat, protein and fiber with every meal. So when I'm saying fiber, I mean like complex carbohydrates, mainly in the form of non-starchy vegetables. But, you know, some starchy grains or root veggies there as well. Um, so a meal might look like a really beautiful salad that's got asparagus and spinach and rocket and cucumber and radishes and red onions and tomatoes. And then you might have a cup like um, some sweet potato there too. And then you've got avocado and olive oil and a piece of and some beans or some animal protein. The second is heal the gut. So this one, there are some, there are basics to healing the gut, which is in the part one and part two of understanding the endo belly. And then if someone has more complex 
gut health issues, I would want to identify the root issues um, and tackle that if the person can. But sometimes someone doesn't feel well enough to take on something like working through SIBO, which can be quite extensive. So identify the root issues if you can. Implement mindful eating techniques. So uh, chew your food, like chew hard food up to 40 times, I think it is. Um, Take a breath before like you eat your dinner or say thanks before you eat dinner. Remove triggering foods. So remove foods that you know are aggravating and inflaming your gut. So an elimination diet can be really helpful for that if you want to do that, which you can hear about in my interview with Dr. Jessica Drummond. And that doesn't have to be an extensive elimination diet. It could be dairy, gluten, sugar, and caffeine, as I discussed with my interview with Molly. And so I'll link to that as well. So, you know, you it could be very, very, a very simple thing of like, oh, you think maybe it's gluten and you just remove gluten for a couple of weeks and then reintroduce it and see what happens. But I don't always um, remove triggers if someone finds that in itself, like triggering in terms of having a history of eating disorders. And then use a gut healing, um, either a protocol, if there is a root cause there that needs to be addressed and Um, you feel ready to address that or using gut healing uh, foods such as bone broth, collagen and supplements. You do have to be a little bit careful with those if you have SIBO because SIBO likes to eat some of them but um, not always, it's not always the case. The third is managing stress and resting well. I guess I could have called that something like nourishment or restoration or something but adding in, I mean stress has we don't believe it, but stress has such a huge, profound impact on gut, um, on your, well, yes, your gut health um, and on your hormones and on your pain signals. I will put a link to my episode on pain signals and stress um, and also a link to an episode with Nicole Jardim about um what stress does to your period. But honestly, guys, stress has such an effect on your hormones. It can cause late periods, missing periods, heavy periods, painful periods. And I have seen it have such dramatic effects on my clients. So this kind of area includes manage adding in regular cortisol like reducer so we want to keep bringing that cortisol level down. So it might be yoga, it might be meditation, it might be walks, it might be your favorite Netflix show, um, optimize and sleep. That's so, so important. Um, I can't, you know, your, your sleep is crucial to looking after your hormonal health as well. It causes a lot of hormonal disruption when you're not having enough sleep. Um, considering lifestyle factors that can be changed. So this, and this is usually something that's uh, a longer term process. So it might be changing your job, it might be having therapy because of some trauma. So it, it might be quite a longer, a long process. And then finally, if you, you know, have HPA axis dysfunction, which is basically burnout or what they used to call adrenal fatigue, then addressing that. It's not actually adrenal fatigue, by the way, before anyone writes in and say that's wrong. I know it's not, but people know of it as adrenal fatigue. So then the fourth uh, step is supporting the detoxification pathway. So that's like your gut, your lymphatic drainage system, your kidneys, your liver, um, your skin. So this is all really for 
removing the burden from the detoxification system so that they can focus on getting out any excess estrogen or old hormones that are building up in your system, which um, commonly happens with estrogen dominance or estrogen excess, especially if we have a compromised gut or we're taking a lot of painkillers. So the first one is, of course, hydrate. So make sure you're drinking enough water for uh, your body. Hydration, guys, I cannot, like, it's so, so important. And it's a hard habit, but it can be made easy, you know, if you just start adding in, like, small changes, like putting a mint and cucumber and berries into your water if you don't like the taste and making sure you fill up a litre bottle at the beginning of the day and, you know, having a name to finish that by one o'clock in the afternoon. So I have an episode on hydration and why it's so important for endometriosis, and I will put that in the show notes. Continuing to heal the gut. So if your gut health is compromised, then it's likely that you will not be detoxifying estrogen properly and will potentially be getting a buildup of estrogen in your system. So continuing to heal that. Removing toxins. So we know that there are quite a number of toxins now that have been um, heavily linked to endometriosis, BPA, dioxins, a couple others, quite a few that have been used on pesticides uh, as pesticides and herbicides. So removing toxins is about going for more non-toxic, cleaner options so eating organic where you can even if it's just the dirty dozen that you're replacing um I talk about that in my book so you can get like a list of um you can just google this the dirty dozen in your country and find out which crops are the most pesticide laden and where you can afford it eating those organic swapping your cleaning products and your beauty products and your makeup skincare over time to cleaner non-toxic versions and that is something that um and your pots and pans so looking for either stainless steel or um ceramic glass or what's the other one iron iron cookware or um non-toxic non-stick cookware and these take time and cost money so my Advice usually, unless unless my client has the money to replace it all in one go, is to allow things to run out and then replace them as they go. And that's a much more sustainable way of doing it and a lot less overwhelming. And then supporting the liver, gut and kidneys with um, really simple things you can add in on a daily basis, like eating cruciferous vegetables. They're really helpful for estrogen detoxification. Um, drinking dandelion tea, again the same, dry brushing that helps to get the lymphatic drainage system moving so it moves toxins um, around your body and out of your body. It gets them um, um, moving into the bloodstream so they can get delivered to the um, detoxification systems. And then, you know, if you want to go a bit, st- a bit of a step further and you have the budget to do it, Things like infrared saunas, if you can get to, um, you know, a gym or you can buy pop-up home ones now for like £200 and rebounding. So using that trampoline, those also really help to get the um, to get toxins out and get the lymphatic drain the system moving. Then the fifth step, and I high, I mean, I recommend everyone does all of these steps, but this one I just think is really 
it's just so key post-surgery and I just think it just it just needs to be essential so visceral so structural support I'm calling it structural support and what I mean by this is visceral manipulation so um kind of abdominal massage and pelvic massage such as clear passage I will put you heard Alison, Dr. Seebecker and I talk about this in our last episode. So I will link to the show notes, um, link in the show notes to that. But basically addressing adhesions and trying and breaking them down structurally and trying to free up your organs um, and pelvic floor physiotherapy. And sometimes your pelvic floor physiotherapist is all you need because the adhesions around your pelvis and they can work on that. Um, but if your adhesions are further up, then something some kind of visceral manipulation might be helpful. And then this isn't essential for everyone, but it does sort of come under structural support. And the reason why I'm saying it's not essential for everyone is because some people, it's it's personal choice. And I mean, all of it's a personal choice, but someone might have one surgery, get a diagnosis and decide they don't need or want another surgery. And um if you listen to my interview with Dr. Cook, he discusses sort of all the reasons why and when surgery is appropriate. But good surgery by a good surgeon can really play a big part in this healing process as well. Like I'm not anti-surgery. Um, I just, I'm anti-ablation surgery. But unfortunately, especially in the UK, sometimes that's someone's only option and they can't get it. They can't get excision. They can't get private. And that's not their fault. That's where we're at at the moment. And unfortunately, that's the situation that I found myself in. And the second time that I tried to get excision surgery, they told me they were going to do it and they didn't. And they did ablation like these things happen. But good surgery can make a really massive difference. And then all of these layered on top create a really wonderful holistic healing approach but um you might not need another surgery i don't need another surgery my endometriosis is slow growing i will get pain if i don't manage it so i manage it and then i'm fine but repeated surgeries for the rest of my life because i'm you know because i chew if i chose to eat sugar and loads of caffeine and trans fats and i and i didn't manage my endo I would probably find myself in surgery for the rest of my life because my endometriosis is so symptomatic. And at some point, I'm sure someone would say to me, you need to go on Lupron or something, or they would bring up a hysterectomy. But I know that that's not necessary for me because I can manage it and I can be pain-free without a surgery. And the surgery has never worked for me. So um, it's really about what you need, whether you've got whether your ovary is stuck in an odd place, whether there is serious damage going on that requires surgery. So finding a good surgeon to have those discussions with. Cycle sinking is the sixth. Are we on the sixth one now? I think we are. So this one, oh my gosh, it's so, I just love it and I think it's so important. So firstly, tracking your cycle. I like to use the fertility awareness method. I will link to my interview with Lisa Hendricks and Jack about that. But understanding, like, are you actually ovulating? What does your cycle really look like? Like, how long is it? How long is your follicular phase? How long is your luteal phase? What do those mean? Like, when's your progesterone rising? When's your estrogen rising? Actually understanding what a cycle is, what different hormones do, and knowing what your cycle is doing 
is just so empowering and it gives you so much information. And then when you really know your cycle, I mean, you can start this already if you want to, but then sink in your movements or your exercise to your cycle so you're not burning yourself out doing a really intense hit class or spin class when you're menstruating and then feeling crap for the rest of the week or even the rest of the month. I know if I power through my menstrual um, cycle, I will feel rubbish for basically the rest of the month. And, you know, then do it doing something like yoga when you're menstruating. And then when you're ovulating, if you feel good at that point, doing something more strenuous then. And then you can also go in a step further with nutrition at that point and sync your what you eat to your cycle. So um, that's about emphasizing different foods and adding in different foods at certain points in your cycle. Uh, so I will link to my interview with Shannon Leparsky and then sync in your lifestyle. So what you choose to do and how you arrange your work life and your social life around your cycle so that you have more sustained energy and you're optimizing where you are in your cycle and optimizing your hormones um, all cycle long. So I linked to my interview with Maisie Hill for that. Oh my gosh, so many links. I'm probably not going to remember all of these. Um, if I miss one, drop me a DM and let me know. And then finally, I am um, supplements. I might introduce these at an earlier point in my work with my clients. I definitely might if they're in a lot of pain and they really need some relief now. But um, I also, if we can, I think it's really helpful to see what um, what you can do with food and lifestyle first. Of course, things like multivitamins or um, vitamin D, especially in the UK, it's like um, the NHS advises us to take vitamin D during the winter months. Um, multivitamins and stuff. Some of those are essential. So I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about more the ones that have been shown to directly work on endometriosis and ones that have been directly shown to work on period pain um, and inflammation. So NAC, ginger, magnesium, curcumin, pine bark, omega-3, resveratrol. So if you want to learn more about those, then um, I have a section of that on supplements in my book and I have an article coming out with Endometriosis Net about supplements, but I don't know when it's coming out. So just keep your eye out for that. And I also have, yeah, I do. I have an article with BU about my favorite natural pain relievers. So there are some supplements in there. So this wasn't as short as I thought it was going to be. Oh, I'm so bad in my mind this was going to be 10 minutes. But it's still kind of short in the sense of like I've really given you guys a very quick rundown of my approach. And there is more, there's, there is, there is actually more to it. But these are like the foundational ones, the core ones. And so I hope that was helpful because I think a lot of you um, get quite confused about the noise out there and where you should start first. And so I hope this might give you a bit of an idea of the hierarchy of changes to work through. And, you know, if you are trying to work through this on your own, um, I hope this gives you a little bit of a foundation. So, yeah, not as short as I thought. So maybe, maybe the short episodes won't happen. Um, but yeah, I hope this was helpful. Thank you for being with me on this journey and um, I hope you guys have a lovely weekend so that's it 
thank you so much for listening if you want to find out more about what i do or read more on endometriosis and live in well with it um you can head to my instagram page which is this underscore endolife um you can head to my website which is www.thisendolife.com and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website um i've put the link in my show notes it's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that i um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis as always if you like this show please rate review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world